Hello and welcome to episode 90 of I'm Fine, the chat around the subjects of health, wealth and well-being between myself, Damo, and the man of many hoodies, Mark. Is this a new one today, is it? New to you? Or? New to me. You're your body? Mm. Yeah. Could be. I mean, okay. it's another Adidas one. Yeah. Your endorsement's doing shock. well. <laughs> yeah. Did you like that? We just just re- kind of came in with our yeah, with our music. I, we actually was, listened to the music before we started. Is that to save you a bit of editing later? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That's actually. No, but it was quite exciting. It's like, yeah. I guess that's when you walk on stage, isn't it? Yeah. All we just needed is a, a little red light to come on. Yeah. Live. And some dry ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for us to go and go, Warrington! <laughs> Put our hands in the air. Yeah, that looked... I reckon that'll be our first gig. <laughs> I was just watching the TV on the one show. The Ramses were on there. Yeah. Um, I've not. I've not listened to Marriage Agdenoid. My mum has. Okay. Yeah. My mum has started listening to it. Oh no! Even she, no. Uh, no, she started. Yeah. What? I don't want her going down that path. What? Listening to naughty things on. Mm. I think she's enjoying it, but I think she she actually kind of said they're starting to kind of annoy me. Like the smell of their own farts. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the ad, and she's just like it. They're kind of laughing at things that I don't. You know. It's probably laughing at you. Know, we laugh at ourselves, don't we? I yeah, mean, we are hilarious. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> but she said it just got to a point where they kind of just laugh, you know, it's, um, I don't know, becoming a parody of themselves, maybe. Exactly. I feel that as well. Yeah. Um, we'll never become that. Anyway, they're doing arena tours. Yeah. Yeah. And sold out. It's like, you know, we're not even, not even close, are we? To filling this living room. <laughs> <laughs> I've just kicked the cat out. Yeah. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> Our only, our only audience, live the cat, audience. The cat was here under duress anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. pushed in. He was, yeah. But I think the biggest one we've ever had is Dean, isn't it? Well, the biggest listener. Yeah. <laughs> he is massive. Oh, shout out to Dean. i got a good Dean story. Go on. So, so I, the fact that we're living in um, a simulation has now taken over my it's mind. the second time you've said this since you come in the yeah. house. No, I am. So... We, am I? Am I? Oh no, no. But am you, I? Am I? Do I have my own simulation, or am I living no, in no, yours? No. You've heard this. You've, I've explained this before. We, so we have new listeners, Mark. <laughs> everybody in the world is a hologram. Right. There can't be. I was watching traffic. So why is today. that? Just, just yeah. watching traffic. Mark, mm. I'm pointing my pencil at you yeah. <laughs> aggressively. Ow! Why? Why? why you got glasses? Tink, tink. Um, why? Why is that any different? To, remember David Icke off, off of the 80s, mm. right? Mm. Well, I think in the off 80s, the was, yeah, he used to kind of present uh, sports programs yeah. in our in our country here. Uh, for anyone who play uh, guy for, for all you Tunisian listeners, yeah. um, he went through a like I say, he went through a phase of of thinking everyone was a lizard. I think he's still pretty much down that track, isn't mm. he? <laughs> of course, mm. of thinking people are lizard. I think he thinks the Queen is a lizard as well. Yeah. She might well be, but yeah. anyway. So why is, you know, we all thought it was mad. Oh, what an absolute nut job. Let's push aside. I think we've mentioned him before. Let's push aside the mo- push aside most of the things he said yep. since the 80s have probably come true anyway. Yeah. We'll just gloss over that for a yeah. minute. Apart from the lizard thing. No one's been proved to be a lizard. Mm. So what? But the queen <laughs> hasn't been seen for a couple of weeks. That's probably shin well, shedding. Sh- skin sh- shedding. Skin shedding. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to start editing again? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's all right. Should we leave it in? Yeah. Um, yeah, so what, why is that any 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 more sane, any more credible than, than David Icke's before you go into your story about your simulation? So taking one step it back. Might, people might go, what is he on about, that mark? So, okay. Honestly, what a nut job. I stood by a dual carriageway today and the traffic was very, very heavy. 
and very, very fast. Not heavy as in deep, just a lot of it. And <laughs> it was very, the traffic was very philosophical. It was a, yeah, it was a Leonard Cohen tour bus. <laughs> and, uh, and um, God, that, that's a fairly, like, I've no idea what you want to That's a fairly niche reference, isn't it? Um, I laughed anyway. So I'm standing there, and we've had this discussion before. So in the time I was standing, staring at the traffic, maybe, I don't know, maybe three, four hundred cars went by, all within inches, inches of each other. they going really fast. Are you there for fucking ages? They were going very fast. It was a very fast... <laughs> you did say that, yeah, sorry. It was a dual carriage ride. People were putting <laughs> pedal... Yeah, it was so 60. As, as your national thing says, speed pedal limit. to the metal, as your T-shirt says. Yeah. So I was looking, and I was thinking, it's a bit like watching ants. None of these cars touched each other, but they were going very, very fast, and they were a couple of metres from each other. Everybody is up each other's ass. And then I was looking at some of the drivers. Some were on their phone, obviously. Some looked oh, as if they were concentrating. It is pretty standard now, yeah. isn't it? And we shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. No, but, but it is. It's like, remember, it's like, oh, my God, you know, don't ever use yeah. your phone. And we're all going... It's like, look at that weirdo doing... not using his phone. <laughs> yeah, they're not even doing a TikTok. <laughs> and so I was looking, I was thinking, of those 400 cars... A number, a large percentage, a large-ish percentage, too large percentage, were on their phone. Of those 400 people, one or two are sleeping. Mm. Of those what? people... Well, yeah, I sleep in the car sometimes, don't you? You fall asleep. What? Hold on. You must fall Out asleep of, at the wheel. I've, Rick, there's a couple of things. Well, just one thing that, that's the thing that bothers me. 400 cars, 400 people, right? I think that's nuts in itself. Well, you have to have a driver in each car. If there was <laughs> no, less people... <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, no more or no less is what I'm saying. So one person per car. Come on, Matt. You're, okay. you're on the maths, man, right? Yeah. That okay. means one person per car, right? Yeah. Whereas you could have got, you know, five times that amount. There could be if two. Had how many is that? 200? My, my, my maths crap. 2,000. No, 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's mad in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Rewind yeah. back to okay. So, so how how many people were you actually saw people asleep driving? I, I'm on about 400 drives. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, of those 400, well, if not you take attention, an, well, no, if you take 400 people driving cars, I would guess one of those people is either dozing or their sleep. eyes are shutting. I sleep on the motorway. No, no, Mark. I do. I fall asleep. Oh, people God, do seriously, too. not on not purpose. People do. We're talking about you. Do you? How yes. often do? You, I would say this year, I don't know, seven or eight times. Well, why? You've got narcolepsy? What's going on? People fall asleep at the wheel. It's a regular thing. Not that regular. Well, I stopped driving a sleeping bag now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Just stop getting in the back. (laughs) A hammock. You haven't got a Tesla. Can I just remind you? You haven't got a self-driving car. Did I ever show you that um, advert from back in the 60s? It was a hammock that that goes across the back of your car to put your kids in. (laughs) (laughs) It's like literally a slingshot. Um, Anyway, okay. So of those 400 drivers, guessing 40 were fiddling with their phone, whether it was a call, doing a reel, whatever. (laughs) They do also fiddle with their private parts as well. Three or four were fiddling with their private parts. (laughs) Three or four were sleeping. The point I'm making is that not everybody there, and some people are fucking stupid as well. There were some people there that you could look at and were clearly stupid. Okay, what percentage of people are stupid? 97%. I concur with that. If we're living... In a country where a man goes into a hospital 
Oh, and feels by tucking his tie in, he is saving the dying. Was he there as well in the car? <laughs> was he? Yeah. No, you're right. No, he rolled his sleeves up as well. Yeah. For extra protection. What I would do, if I was Prime Minister going into a hospital, I would wear a short-sleeved shirt and no tie. So what I'm saying is, of those 400 people, of that 10, 15 minutes I was there, mm. it seemed to me a bit of a miracle that not one car even had a tiny little knock with any others. They're travelling at 60 miles an hour, literally two metres apart. Especially when they're asleep, yeah. yeah. Incredible. And you think, that's amazing. And you what? You, know, you times that up and people are going to go, well, there are accidents. Yeah, there are. It's ama- yeah, you're right. There's amazing. There's not, ma- there's not more. Yeah. And it, everyone's driving around in, in, in practically a bomb. Yes. Aren't they? Yeah. And one, or even like, I get things like, I get... Um, spasms in my legs sometimes if i have like a spasm a lot of my clients get cramp and are comparatively I'm just mean. writing some notes never <laughs> ever go in a car with mark i think going on a bike with me might be worse um, anyways take anyways. mark's license <laughs> off of him off of i love that yeah it's correct it's tautology <laughs> so the point i'm making is mm. it's an amazing feat that with all those people, with all their idiosyncrasies, driving a half ton of metal at 60 miles an hour, nothing went wrong. Yeah. So one of my views is that if you view the world through the, the, the lens that we're led to believe, mm. that's fine. That's how you see it. When I sometimes look at the world and go, this to me seems too amazing for words. So I then question why there aren't more accidents, why mm. all these cars driving past me, no one clipped anybody else, everybody knew what lane they were going in, everything flowed. It's very different. This is probably like a relativity thing, but you mm. stood still, so everything looked more exaggerated. Because practically when you were in a car... What if I'd been running at 60, it looked like it's standing still. <laughs> yes. I'll do that next That's time. That's kind of... I'll I do thought, my sprint I, training I thought, on gonna, the... I thought you were going to... I was getting a little bit... I was going to get a little bit wound up then. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. Okay. Because the point is, if you're in the car at 60 and everyone is doing the same speed as you... You don't get that. You're, you're practically stood still. Mm-hmm. And you could argue in your simulation that the world is moving <laughs> and not the cars. Oh. Now, is the world spinning because the cars are all going at the same speed? Mm. Ever thought about that? I've got a question for you. Mm. There's a crater on the moon called... Is it? Tychos? You, I you, believe, you believe in the moon, just to clarify. You believe in the moon. Just, just, right, what? Well, I'm just... Okay, what I'm questioning about the moon... <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't think I've ever asked you whether you've actually qualified your belief I'm, in the moon. The thing I'm questioning about, that there's a crater on the moon, I think it's called Tychos, and it has a radius of 53 miles. Right. And you can see it from yeah, Earth. Yeah, someone would have got up there and measured it. Yeah. So... And you can see it from Earth. And the moon is 238. I'm going to have a look. 200. Yeah, well, I'll show you where it is. It's down near the bottom. No. Bottom right. Bottom right? Yeah, there'll be a sign next to it. A big neon oh, sign. Yeah, that big flashing arrow. Yeah. 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 I've never noticed that That's before. where the turnstiles are. <laughs> right. Awesome. So, the moon is 238, I think, 238,000 miles away. And you can see this crater. I don't understand that. I don't understand the science of that. And Adam. Yeah. Well, you wear glasses. That's where you can see it. I was pretending that I really couldn't see that, just you, for, just for the record. You, but you could because you got glasses. Okay, you got superior. I think vision. this is lost on a <laughs> a non-visual podcast. <laughs> I'm just, I think what I'm saying is that I question 
some things to me, if you break them down and look at them are through incredible. a different set of lenses, Life is incredible, incredible, Mark. Yes. The world around us is incredible. Yes. We all take it for granted. Sometimes we're so busy mm. in our own little bubbles of our cars, wondering what work's going to bring, what home life is like, mm -hmm. the state of our government, the state of our premier and mm. his dress code mm. in hospitals. Mm. These are all things that play on our mind. Mm. And what we're not realising is the beauty and the wonder around us. Yes, that is that is true. Yeah, that's not unique tracks, didn't it? So, what's your point again? Oh, everything is so wonderful. It has to be has to be a simulation. No, we've talked. No, no, not that it's wonderful. What I'm saying is, is we are brought up to look at the world, and we were told we are told things as children, quite often things that are lies, and then we get to a certain stage of our life that there isn't an Easter bunny, and there isn't mm -hmm. Father. Oh God, sorry. What? I can see by your face. What? There is an Easter bunny. Yeah. But he doesn't bring all the eggs. Ah. Your right. mum and dad bring some. Do they? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He, he can't could, carry he them He can't all. carry, not yeah. with those tiny little paws. <laughs> no, he hasn't got opposable thumbs. No. 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 <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is just like, I look at the world at certain times, maybe like today hasn't been, today's been a fairly oh, surreal I, day. And you, so, Did you ever cross the road? <laughs> <laughs> we went it's too busy i can't isn't it i'm gonna cross this i thought it's gonna happen a footbridge <laughs> i thought as soon as i put one foot there it's like <laughs> gonna spoil the, the equilibrium isn't it yeah it's gonna be a mass pile up oh yeah well there would have been that's everyone was minding their own business yeah. and driving safely until you still sleeping soundly mm. we're a work in progress and this podcast is no exception in short it's spoken our perfectly imperfect lives and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness then our work here is done. Don't bother connecting with us on Instagram. No. Or any social channel because you'll be wasting your time. And don't search for Iron Finecast in your web search facility of choice mm -hmm. because you'll just start find stuff about us. Mm. And you probably don't have the time in your lives to be bothering with Well, they're all being all blocked because we get nothing, do we? It's yeah, all being it's, blocked. Yes, yeah, so. the feds are all over us. Yeah. That's the other reason not going on there because you're going to get, you know... You're going to get caught out. Yeah. Someone's going to You're going to have a marker against your name. Yes. Anyone who has anything to do with yes. me wishes that had never happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't bother subscribing to us and don't turn on your notifications to ensure you don't miss an episode. Just miss an episode and miss all of our life nuggets, tasty takeaways and highbrow jinx. Mm. Yeah. Like jinx is a word. So the story about Dean, this is a cracker. So, you know, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. Do you just this. want to kind of say who Dean is, just for uh, the record? So, Amelia is my daughter, mm -hmm. one of three, the mm -hmm. eldest. Um, and I know she'll be shouting at it now, and the favourite, but that isn't yeah. true, because parents never have favourites. Mm. And her... her oh, I really don't... We all, they do, though, don't they? Yes. I was having this conversation yeah. and the other day about, about the cats. I, I have two cats. Yeah. I have a favourite. All the time. Huh? All the time, does the know? Pretty consistent, yeah. Okay. Always have got, a, yeah. And, and I'm quite, I'm quite willing to admit that. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed. Doesn't mean I don't love the other one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. I think it's like that with kids, right? You can have your favourite, haven't you? Yeah. So you've got a favourite daughter. No, I don't. But I know some parents that do. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> that's a chicken. <laughs> so so yeah. um, that wasn't as easy as I thought. No. So. Dean. So Dean is Amelia's, and I was going to say, oh, I'll tell you one thing I oh, don't yeah, like. yeah, what's the terminology these days? Exactly. I was mm. going to, uh, the ones I dislike mm. are significant other. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. I mm. guess boyfriend feels a bit. What about bae? Is that a good, could you say yeah. that? I don't know what that means, but. Mm. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so 
Okay. So she likes him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And so and he likes her just for just for balance. Yeah. So that's it. And he's he was our biggest audience, figuratively. Yeah. And he um, smells really good. We've talked about that before. Smells he really smells good. wonderful. Yeah. Mm. That was actually on the BPD ones we were talking about. His his really? fragrance. Yeah. So. Um. Because everything, and I, I have mentioned this before, I do have some concerns that TikTok are actually have implanted something in my eyes and can see what I'm looking at. I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Amelia went out with Dean in Manchester to a bottomless brunch. I saw the pictures. Yes. They were having a right old time of it, weren't they? Yes. Mm. And um, <laughs> when that's, they... that's my social life now, you know that. It's probably a lot of other people's Dean social and Amelia. Life. Yeah. I don't even have to go out. I felt drunk watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, they had, they had 20 minutes of the two hours left and they had a fantastic waitress. Shout out. To 20 minutes of the two hours left. You get two hours of bottomless brunch. So you get a meal and then you uh, drink as much as you want. Yeah, I bet they did some damage. With 20 minutes to go, I think he summoned... They told him to leave. Summoned the waitress <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. And basically said... In, in his, yeah, a thick, bold accent. Mm. I'll tell you what, my love, I wouldn't, fa- I wouldn't mind a couple more cocktails. Yeah. And she, w- she was, Amelia said she was absolutely brilliant all night. Mm. And she went, oh, I'll see what I can do. You've only got 20 minutes. So, you know, and he went, I want 10. Yeah. And she went, I'll bring you six. Like, you know, look at me. And he went, no, no I'm not negotiating. <laughs> so she said, I'll meet you in the middle. It sounded like an episode of Bargain Hunt. And he was going... No, no, it's like, you know, Dean has gone, Ten's what I want, why would I? Yeah. So she came with 10 cocktails mm. and they had 20 minutes left to drink. Yeah. They'd had a lot of cocktails what already. What did they do for the other 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, I had to stop myself. And, <laughs> Mark. So, so there was the, the picture on Insta of <clears throat> mounds of porn star martinis. Obviously that night I get... Uh, go on to TikTok, mm. and about the fourth video in is um, porn star martinis, how they're a con. And they showed that if you mm. poured one into another, they, these glasses, you oh, could I've, actually get two in one. It looks yeah. like a full glass, but it isn't. It's I've only half a glass. There's one guy who kind of has a tiny glass, then lots of kind of glasses increasing in size. Yeah, and they all fill and the it, same yeah, way. So yeah, so not one of those. No. So this was basically... So now um, ice takes up a lot of... The, the drink doesn't well, it? it's but because it's much. because the way the glass is, it comes obviously very wide at the oh, top. So you feel you're getting bally for money. Yeah, and you're just getting a you know. You're getting high, but it's 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 okay and a some big fruit. lump of fashion fruit. Yeah, mm. but like if you're getting ten, you're still getting five. So anyway, so TikTok <laughs> sent me this video going, oh look, blah 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 blah, porn star martinis, and the picture which I've got on my phone is almost identical to Amelia's. It's like it looks like it was uh, her. Thing. Hence the implant in your eyes. Hence the implant in my eyes. Mm. So I sent the picture through to Amelia, and I went, "You weren't in the slug of lettuce, were you?" Because this is where this video was uh, filmed. Right. Yes, I was. So TikTok showed me a picture of the pub Amelia had been in wow. and the drinks she was drinking the night after she had been in that pub. Mm. Obviously just a coincidence. Yeah. So after they'd had the martinis, they decided to hit Manchester. And Where? That was terrible, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and so, so after the porn star martinis, yeah. I think Dean was a bit worse for wear, decided to... Um, Buy a bottle of champagne. Mm. Now, if I was asking he's you... He's a thirsty boy, isn't he's he? He's a thirsty boy. Mm. Apart from his 
um, Sweet Smell. What yeah. would you say was one of his stand and, and his manly figure? What would you say was one of his standout features? Oh, his eyes. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I mean, um... <laughs> <laughs> you just edited out, go to bed. <laughs> um, What's the other one? Well, I think with the, the eye, just on the eyes, I think they use a filter that make his eyes pop. I know okay. how, these, how these kids yeah. do it. And what else is yeah. shining? Excuse me? On his, on his face. There's another very big... His teeth. Yeah, I suppose he, yeah. He has stunning teeth. Okay. Anyway, so right. Dean <laughs> opens right. the bottle of champagne. Yeah. With his mouth. No. <laughs> what, pulls the cork out? Tries to. Is it a twisty top? Tries to, but, <laughs> has as, gone cheap? but as the <laughs> crown goes... <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> flying across the slug and lettuce. You lose a crown, did he? Lost a crown. Ooh. Yeah. You just open it money? with your hands, What's Dean. that old money? <laughs> yeah, it's five shillings old money. <laughs> we covered this on the pod, actually, once. <laughs> So, anyway, so he lost his crown. Anyway, I'm going to speed this up because this is even boring me. So he tried to get into a club <laughs> mm. and he was not allowed into the club because his shoes, which I think Amelia said, I'm not going to say how Box much fresh. they were. I think they were like Louis Vuitton. I don't and think he's ever worn a pair twice, has he? <laughs> I don't know him that well. I'm speaking like he's probably going to batter me. It's like David Beckham, him. isn't it? After every match, he just chucks. So every yeah, after, yeah. every porn star martini, another pair of shoes goes in the bin. <laughs> yeah. So they had tiny spikes on them. Like decorative, right, tiny, yeah. tiny spikes, and they wouldn't let him in what? three in case that See, he used it as an offensive weapon. Amelia goes, "I'm there with four-inch stilettos. I could have like skewered <laughs> yeah. two people with those." And he had these decorative <laughs> Louis Vuitton <laughs> spikes, Amazing. and it's like the world's gone mad. And you go, <laughs> "He's really big. He's really strong. Yeah. If he's in a fight, he isn't gonna go. He's not gonna just a minute. Let me get my spikes out. No. Yeah, his feet would have been the last weapons of choice, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah." But uh, so, yeah, good. quite a story. But the the TikTok one was a little bit worrying that they'd mm. sent me a video of the same drinks. Almost, it looked like the same table in the same pub. Mm. Anyways, anyway, that was a good story. Thanks for that. Okay. Um, in this episode, we're gonna <laughs> kind of talking of talking of drink. I mean, not talking <laughs> of drink as such. No. But talking, uh, you know, that'll probably come up in a minute. Mm. But we are going to have a little look at addiction, aren't we? Mm. You've had a lovely story you popped in there. And mm, I can bring the mood down now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to put a trigger warning at the beginning of... I've got a bit of an idea what we're going to talk about. Yeah. but we, I don't think it's a trigger. But I we think. probably don't know, and this is kind of about the free will stuff. We're probably not quite sure exactly how the words are going, no. going to form and come out of our mouths. Mm. So, um, as I normally say, tread carefully mm. in mm. the next uh, few minutes mm. and the rest of the pod. I guess it's always the place to start with these kind of things. We've kind of, I think we've referenced it a lot over our podcast, haven't we? Mm -hmm. And recently you listened back to the our BPD mm. episodes. Mm. That was kind of, it was quite nice to hear you've done that. I haven't actually listened back to them for a while. You yeah, have. I listened to them all back to back without a break. Mm. And I found myself either finishing the sentences or actually being in the same place listening to them as I was when you did it recording them yeah. like i was literally you would say something and i could you know what's coming next yeah well not that, not necessarily <laughs> that i knew that's coming next but that i mean obviously we talked about it was a long ago voices in my head and it was like the voice in my head would go that's I, I don't agree with that or i want to take him on but like bite your tongue and let him finish his sentence for once mm. you know it was yeah. it, it was things that were and i think when we just had a little chat just now we, as a preamble to the podcast, I think one of the key things was, and I think this will come out in diction, this is why I want to say it, 
is that we've had numerous discussions that have basically said, if I mention my mental health or I mention borderline, it isn't some sort of unique thing that only a few people can have. And the gradations of borderline are massive and some of the people I'm following at the moment. But I think the difficulty for me having it is, and this is what we're going to talk about, I think, or where we'll end up talking Mm. about addiction, is the scale. Mm. And I'm not disputing that when I say, I've got this, this and this, people will go, oh yeah, I know, you know, and, and empathize yeah. and go, yeah, I've got that. And I'm, I think it's the same with addiction. It's, it is, it's scale of. We have something. touched on this, but I don't know that we've kind of hit it kind of front on. And you're a competitive fellow. Mm. And I I think we've all got probably, a, probably an element of competitiveness in us. Mm. Probably just so we all get by to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. We won't go into that. Um, but I, I've something you've kind of talked about a lot when people talk about uh, either a disorder or a condition that they may have. If you have something along the the similar lines yeah. of that, yeah. you find yourself going, you know, there's always that kind of natural thing to kind of go. There's kind of two parts to this: either that's not as bad as mine, yeah, yeah, or there's that thing where I don't talk about that because I don't want to sound like I'm. There's an element of kind of bragging rights some of these mm. days, and this is kind of where I'm, I'm kind of treading carefully. No, no, I think I, no, I think going with Wellington boots. I think mental health. <laughs> I think mental health is becoming competitive. Yeah, I think I, there's, I, I, there's, I there's a hierarchy of mm. suffering, mm. and people are self-diagnosing yeah. or wanting to have a label to explain behaviour yeah. without having the full understanding of what yeah. that means and we're going to be talking about gradations i guess is the point i want to make here yeah. there's there's gradations with that there's people mm. who suffer in silence there's people who suffer mm. on on their soapbox mm. i can't think of the other end of the yeah, scale yeah. but you know yeah. there's everything yeah. in between and i think there's also the the side of it where you might not want to talk about it because you don't want to be you don't want to be we find it difficult to talk about because you don't want to be feel like you're bringing attention to yourself yeah. unnecessary attention to yourself or in a conversation as we often find you don't want to feel like you're always pulling it back to you when mm. someone's kind of mm. talking about their problems it's very difficult not to go oh yeah mm. i feel like that sometimes yeah, yeah. just yeah. you know it's, it's a natural empathy yeah it is but that can also sound like you're downplaying yeah what they're trying to achieve yeah, it's, like, a hard it's, like, balance. it's like oh we yeah. all no we all have problems like yeah, that don't yeah. we we'll, we'll get sad a little you know <laughs> sometimes don't we we just you just got to kind of... Yeah, when I'm on a cliff, I often look down and wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's it's quite it's quite a sensitive one. But mm. um, I just wanted to kind of talk about that because, you know, it's, we've talked about it before that it's not always good to talk about. Some people... I, I don't think it's necessary to talk about your innermost darkest, mm. you know, mm. unless you want to. I think it's... There's no right or wrong to any of this mm. stuff. Mm. It's all just difficult we'll have to try and find a way through um but um yeah i just wanted to kind of talk about i think we'd i like to say we'd hopefully we're we're more we're aware of those kind of nuances with yeah talking about it and listening to other people talk and there isn't a right or wrong i'm not being judgmental by going you're jumping on the the borderline bandwagon because someone go well you are a bit do you know what i mean and i mean it took (laughs) a long time for it to sort of come out and i don't I'm not wearing it as a badge of honour. I'm not wearing my addiction. It isn't going to mm. be, here's a great story covering a quarter of a century of me being a dick. Like, 
and then almost hoping that there'll be some sort of homing instinct of sympathy and like yeah. understanding of yeah, God, yeah, you've yeah. had it hard. It, yeah. it, it isn't all I want to do, I think, is having this discussion. And it's taken us 90 mm. to actually, because you actually mentioned some time ago, almost like where are, where are our credentials? If we're talking <laughs> about addiction, do yeah. we need to prove ourselves? Um, yeah. You know, you know, do they know what they're talking about? Or, you know, did they have a few splits when they were students and now they're drug experts sort of yeah. thing? So I think yeah. I've seen it from other sides as well. Obviously, I've worked with like some mm. yeah. yeah massive drug um people with massive drug problems and then my own personal things but i think yeah this isn't some sort of badge of honor it isn't some sort of no. i don't know cry for acceptance or whatever it's just if there's other people suffering mm. that's what our job's about in this yeah. podcast isn't that yeah helping i think we kind of talked about where to start and you kind of said off off pod that there's no point going into the kind of science of it and i yeah. don't think there is because it's no. it will be here for the next millennium won't yeah we? um but uh looked at the a good starting point is just well looked it up that's <laughs> <laughs> what you do um you put it into google and you go what does it come back as um the nhs threw threw up uh, uh addiction is defined as not having control over doing taking or using something to the point where it could be harmful to you and you've mm. talked about dire consequences mm. a lot mm. and back to the gradations someone could enjoy a couple of bag a couple of bags of crisps mm. And some people can, you know, that can also be overeating or, mm. you know, punishing yourself with food. Yeah, drink, or lead to a binge drugs. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, and um, the, one of the top ones was, was um, well, it said addiction is most commonly associated with gambling, drugs, alcohol and smoking, mm. which are the, I guess, um, it sounds obvious, but ones that probably do more more harm directly. Mm -hmm. But it's possible to be addicted to just about anything. Yeah. The, and the top one is the example was work. Mm -hmm. We've kind of touched on yeah. this, and um, some people are obsessed with their work to the extent that they become physically exhausted. If your relationship, family, or social life are affected, and you never take holidays, you may be addicted to work. Mm. We're not going to go into every kind of possible option, but mm. just in that, you could go. Well, I could look at it for myself and go. I'm obsessed with work probably compared to mm. the average Joe. Mm -hmm. I think about it a lot and it, yeah. and it's kind of, it feels like my identity. Um, yes, I can become physically exhausted, Yeah, but I'm comfortable with that because yeah. I've got ways to deal with that mm -hmm. and ways to kind of recoup and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. If your relationship, family and social life are affected, uh, undoubtedly so, mm -hmm. then you're into what level, then you're into yeah. a whole kind of yeah. wealth of, your, your your relationship dynamic mm. or how would they be affected if i couldn't work yeah maybe equally because yeah. you go well if i you know if i've been this all off what's the alternative you yes. go and live in a cardboard box yeah know? um you never take holidays i tend not to i'm not i, I struggle with holidays mm. doesn't mean i don't enjoy a holiday that's mm. the other thing when you don't or you struggle with them as in find it quite difficult to know what to, you know to do it myself yeah. unless yeah. i go and find things i like doing um you you know you may be addicted to work so in this, there's 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 expectations from others. There's perceptions. There's there's a, a kind of a social construct mm. that we're mm. we're brought up from a young age, and it, aren't we? You kind of mentioned, um, you know, kind of growing up earlier, and um, you know, it's kind of programmed into us, mm. and mm. and by you know, I guess by our parents and all the people around us as we grow up, and and just like they had 
to them. You know, yes. so it's almost kind of yeah. there's lots of there's genetics that are passed down, but mm-hmm. there's also learned behaviour as well, isn't mm-hmm. there? And and the way we all operate as a civilization. Yeah. You, know, you you generally have to work and create wealth and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um I guess um with that there comes uh anyone who goes outside of that is seen as you know abnormal or mm-hmm. you know i think well i think the obsessive is the word that often comes even if you're doing something that yeah. is seen as in societal terms as good or positive yeah. it's also like when is you know obsession kind of turned to passion and when can why yeah. can't they both be the same thing yeah you yeah. know it's like sprinters you know they're celebrated for running fast and winning medals mm. yet they're obsessed yeah about their health and their speed mm. and everything they do and their actions and recovery. Well, giving up and their social life can be seen as too yeah. obsessive. Yeah. But you wouldn't win gold medals yeah. if you went on the lash. Yeah. They don't have a fa- you know, guys don't have a family until they're kind of finished yeah. their career. And, yeah. You know, but no one go. you know, it's, it's, it's seen in a different light, isn't mm-hmm. it? People who haven't been put on, a, you know, a podium and winning medals. Yeah. are kind of seen as like, you know. A client a, once a, said to me, we were talking, this was a client with weight loss and this person did struggle with weight loss and we did a lot of different things and came up with some really this was one of the <laughs> this is just a slight diversion but it was one of the um we wanted to try and get this person more active mm-hmm. and we were trying to increase their steps and it's the sort of person that drove to work but driving probably by the time they would parked the walk to work was probably the same yeah. but it was that notion of i would never walk from home to work i'll get the car and one of the things we looked, and this is why I'm mentioning this, this was around habits, that this person would come drive back um, and have their lunch at home. Right. And I'm thinking, where in the day can I, because it was a seated job, where in the day can I bring in steps? How can I make it mm. a habit yeah. rather than a punishment? Yeah. You know, it's like the whole thing at school, isn't it? Do 10 press-ups as a punishment. Yeah. So detriment. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself stronger right. and fitter. <laughs> yeah. You naughty boy. If, if you really sit down and eat, you know, yeah. eat shit for 10 minutes. Anyways, yeah. so this person, we looked at, at trying to do habit stacking, which we mentioned mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And I think this might come in on the addiction in terms of positive habits. So what happened with this person? I went, right, what happens? You park your car in the drive. What happens? I walk into the kitchen. What happens? I put the kettle on. What do you do? I sit and wait. Uh, sorry, stand and wait for the kettle to boil and then I make myself a soup. So it was, there was three minutes that was basically watching a kettle boil. <laughs> and I went, could you be doing something? She said, well, it's only three minutes. And I went, but you could walk for 90 seconds round the garden and then 90 seconds back. And mm-hmm. suddenly you've done mm-hmm. 300 steps. Yeah. And it was that interesting part of, of, of creating a habit. But mm-hmm. why I mentioned this person is that they said to me when we were talking about weight loss, because they got very cross with me one day, I went, it's so easy for you because you're obsessive. Mm. And in some ways they were right, because if I'm going, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to do this. I do have a personality that becomes Mm. right. You know, I will not eat anything for three days or, you know, whatever I'm going to do. It's weird, isn't it? It's such a kind of loaded. We talked about should and and, and certain loaded words that, you know, you're obsessive. That, you know, it's a a statement, it's not a single word, but Mm. obsessive is kind of, it seems detrimental, isn't it? I think it's tinged with judgment, isn't it? And um, ob- yeah, obsessive, rain it in a little bit. Sort of, yeah. yeah, but she, you could argue that she's obsessive about waiting for the kettle. Yeah, yeah. You, you can flip it. I know it's language, but you yeah. can flip it, can't you? Again, yeah. like these these definitions. Um, the other one was internet. Uh, 
that people spend hours each day night surfing the internet and gaming whilst neglecting other aspects of their mm-hmm. life um that's probably another theme isn't it neglect mm-hmm. what are you kind mm-hmm. of not doing for yourself or, and or others be, yeah, yeah. Uh, solvents is one of the obvious ones um i say obvious ones but i think mm-hmm. it is it's the one that mm. it's the flagship ones mm-hmm. isn't it mm. i think you know solvent abuse certainly gets more more kind of column inches than than shopping or eating i would have said mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh well, as, i think it's got a, the criminality kind yeah, of bit, yeah. i mean drugs, drugs well, in general very taboo specific yeah the shopping one was shopping becomes an addiction when you buy things you don't need or want to achieve a buzz i mean let's not get into mm. how society encourages us to buy stuff yeah. that we don't yeah. need yeah. um okay so bring talking about the habits and just bringing in the personality disorder bit which you were talking about mm-hmm. bpd and something that's really stuck with me is when you said people are diagnosed with a personality disorder Mm-hmm. but everybody's got a personality mm-hmm. and they're very rarely ordered yes which i really liked mm-hmm. it feels far away from you doesn't it if you're kind of if you know someone who's been diagnosed with a disorder mm-hmm. it feels it feels like they're the only one unless someone's telling you you have you have a disorder yeah. you don't think you do but of no. we, we have to back to the gradations we all have there's no one on this planet who doesn't have a disorder mm. Mm. Because no one has their life in order. Mm. And also, what is what, what is, order. is order, yeah. if you really yeah. want to get into yeah. that. Um, but I think you kind of, we talk about every day and and and, and then the habits we develop every day. Um, and I think that's probably where, you know, it's kind of a fine line, isn't there? Then one, what ter- then turns into an addiction? Mm-hmm. And we've always kind of touched on there's, there's healthy addictions yeah they can yeah, be yeah and they can help be healthy habits and mm-hmm. it's a very fine line to balance isn't yeah. it and to tread yeah. so going back to i don't know not i don't want to go back through your kind of life story but when did you when did the word addiction kind of become a become a word because a lot of the stuff we all talk about is stuff we wouldn't ordinarily think is a disorder or an issue or um anything really until we kind of put a label on it yeah you know we might think oh i do that all the time is that oh god i didn't realize that was a thing Mm. or i've I've been like that for most of my life and no no wonder i felt a rub but i didn't quite understand how it was seen by other people like you know my my attitudes to work and my you know what i call you know i would call a passion Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know straight it could be upset yeah but it's something i really enjoy doing it's back to that. If I like football so much, I'm you know I'm obsessed, but that's okay because it's football. Yeah, it's not doing me any. If you don't like football, you're you're a weird. You know, it's, yeah. you know it's um. So I guess when did that word appear for you? Not not for a very long time because one of the things I asked you when I came in to write down the word pencil with your pencil, and um, today's the final day before my dad's house is sold. So tomorrow morning, somebody oh. be coming into my dad's house, and so one of the things I had to do with this pod. Um, <laughs> and this is going to sound dramatic. I was thinking, because you don't edit, if I cry today, <laughs> you might go, I'll keep that in. Mm. Yeah. Of course I will. They'll love this in Tunisia. TV... We'll be back up the <laughs> These TV programs, they're just literally built to make yeah. people cry. Yeah. And they just, there's a, there's the, the, they don't even pull away from people. They'll just, they'll just stay yeah. on them until they get With tear. onions under them, just yeah. in case. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so what I, today, for, for a whole number of reasons today, um, which I'm not going to go into, I recognised that if I was going to start talking about my addiction, I had to to enter a different place in my head. Mm -hmm. So I have just filled my head with 
trivia and stupid stories and light-hearted banter which is part of something I can do with my personality mm-hmm. because I can't allow the other stuff to come out today. Yeah, okay. Now, the reason I'm saying that is that has a bearing on my discussion about addiction mm. because what happened today, my sister came up to help um, with the last few things in my dad's house. And it's really funny. I thought I cleared the house and then she suddenly goes, what are all those there? And I'm going, shit, those are all his keys. And I hadn't, they were just on a key rack. Mm, and mm. going back to habits, you see the keys on the key rack and you yeah. don't, and then I think, shit, someone's going to need those or they need labeling <laughs> or do they work or, you know, and of course mm, there's mm. hundreds of them. Mm. And there was a little um, mug that had some, a couple of paintbrushes in and a pencil. Um, my sister wanted to write something down. So she, I passed her the pencil and she went, oh my God, this has just taken me back mm. to like me being sick this pencil was 50 years old at least Mm. and it was um, a marketing one from my dad's firm and I went very quiet and because I've been really emotional the last 24 48 hours she was going you're right you're right and I was going look at that pencil and it was a triangular pencil you don't get many triangular pencils and she went it's got BOCM cattle food which was who my dad worked for Mm. and she went it was just the pencil, but we always had these pencils. Whenever we went to school, we had the BOCM. And I went, look at it very closely. And she's going, I don't know what, like, just fucking tell me. Like, you know, yeah. for once in your life, don't make this I into... Yeah. I feel for her. Yeah, Just be simple. <laughs> yeah. So I said, look at the end. And she looked at the end and she went, seriously, I can't see anything. I said, just look, 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 look. And on one side of the triangle, there was the number one mm. in black. And when you turned the triangular pencil, this is just at the top bit, the bit you chew, there was um, a number two in red. And on the third side, there was the letter X in black. Right. Does that mean anything to you? No. Right. And my sister went, seriously, Mark, I haven't got time for your games. (laughs) I've already been with you an hour. I feel physically drained. (laughs) Yeah. You've yeah. told me a load of stuff, which I've now got to go away and live with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't start giving me pencil anxiety. Yeah. So, one is for a home win in football, two is a way win, and X is a draw. I oh. used that pencil to predict football matches when I filled in the pools for my granddad when I was six years old. So, so that is actually on, you didn't write, that wasn't written no, on the pencil. No, they were there pen as a gambling pencil. Right. So the normalisation was, yeah. here's a pencil that basically is a tool to gambling. Now, it might not be it's the clever. most sophisticated, but you basically roll right, it. Yeah. So that pencil dice. to me had a completely different um, feeling when I yeah, looked at that yeah, pencil on my would, sister. Yeah. When I cleared out one of the drawers, there was polka dice. I used to play polka dice by myself for hours with my imaginary... Well, not by myself. I had my imaginary friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad. But um, (laughs) so we play polka dice. So I know, you know, three and one and two is a full house and I know a royal flush. And most people don't know what polka dice are. And they... I I can work it out. Yes. (laughs) I think they were well named. So, (laughs) So I found polka dice. I found the gambling pencil found loads of packs of cards and we used to play a game called Newmarket and you had to gamble in Newmarket and basically if something wasn't won the money could stick out I found a cribbage board that still had pennies in the box with it so every time I played cribbage I played cribbage 
with dominoes. So if we had dominoes, we used it for money. And suddenly all these aspects are coming into my life of the normalization of gambling. Yeah. It was never questioned. Mm. What are you going to pick? I can remember one scene on holiday and I had the, a tabloid paper in front of me mm. and they said, now we're going to go through the racing results. And they go, new market, two o'clock. And I go, number seven. They go, number seven. And my parents are literally applauding me, seriously. So that normalization yeah. is why it never became seen by me as an addiction. Yeah. So at school, I gambled. I was a bookies runner at 12, 13. I would go to betting shops in my mid-teens wow. because the school I went to had a lot of people um, from the Middle East who are like very rich because of the oil boom. So oh, they would right. go, can you put 10 quid on the derby for me for this horse? And what I would do is get on my little moped, go to the bookies and go, I don't think that horse is going to win. I'll pocket the tenner and take the risk. So I became the bookie. Wow. Which is risky business. So you put, so you pocket, sorry, you pocket that. Mm-hmm. Go on, because I'm, this is where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, so I'm, there, there's a horse. Running in the derby, it's 10 to 1. If you put £10 on, you win 10 times your stake, £100 plus your stake back. Yeah, yeah. So one of my friends from Saudi or from Oman or wherever it was goes, here's £10, I want to go on this horse. Now I'd look at the form and go, I'm pretty confident that horse isn't going to win. Right. If it does, I've got to find 110 quid right. pretty quick within the next 24 hours. Yeah. And as a 15, 16-year-old schoolboy, that might be tricky. Yeah. But I became the bookie and go, no, I'm going to pocket the tenner. So basically, I'm taking the risk. Then I got a job in a bookmaker's at 16. Totally illegal, like literally. And this was with a national chain. This was with William Hill, one of the biggest bookies <sighs> in... God. Oh, Lawyers no, Bill no, I'll change it. Um, they were called Bill Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mound. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, so you work for Invo- Bill Mound. Invoice Mound. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and so I was working there down in Avemouth at 16. So all this was normalised. You know, my mum mm. and dad would go, have a nice day at the bookies. But this was way before, you know, uh, stop before the fun st- starts. Before yeah, this the- was just oh, fucking spending. Yeah. <laughs> stop stop when, when the, the s- fun stops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That could be for anything, though, couldn't it, really? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, right. so by the time I'm 16, I'm entrenched in a gambling environment. I don't think it was out of control. I was gambling a fair bit but I and i had... guess there was nothing around you know i don't know where, where were people with drugs and kind of you know other other i don't know self-harm or you know was in terms of the time you were living in you know the 1900s okay what was sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the major you know, problem in... was gambling and sewage in the streets <laughs> people were checking it out the window and leprosy yeah, yeah. <laughs> but napoleon gone at this point i mean i was just still like, napoleon <laughs> Sorry, sorry. So, I, did, I did say when we were talking about this that we're not going to be free of lols, no. are we? So Even though it's, it's, are you, it's a are, are you asking, was there sort of a, a, I guess a the, gamut of other problems, is it just, in effect? You you did that. It was like you know, people were still smoking and think it was good for them. What, 70s, right? Yeah, we're talking 76 it, now. Yeah. So, what I'm saying, was that the, kind of that awareness? I'm, not, I'm sure some people would probably try and would frown upon gambling. You know, if you came from a certain background, a religious background or quite a conservative background, you know, like there was probably, it was, it wasn't underground, mm. you know, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? But there was also, wasn't that support around the the habit and the addiction, the addictive nature of that? 
like cigarette there's still big cigarette advertising yeah you know i'm not saying that no one thought they weren't harmful the you know inter- well, but it, it, yeah, yeah. But it, now you are, we are drenched in. The, well, the irony now is we're drenched in the kind of this is how you handle this kind of behaviour. Yeah, and, and there's a hundred times more people with the problem, yeah, and it's rammed down your throats even more than it ever was. So, to give you an indication, in 1976, you were not al- legally you were not allowed to see inside the inside of a betting shop from mm-hmm. the street. That's right. Yeah. So if we were in the betting shop and it was like a hot summer's day and we had no aircon, you had to put those coloured plastic strips. Yeah. So no, that was the only ventilation you okay, could have. Right, yeah. So the stigma, I guess, was that gambling was very much underground. It was yeah. very dodgy. So here's me, a, a public okay, school so, boy yeah, yeah. going, working in the bookies. Also, this is pre-calculator. This is how old I am. Calculators were not a thing. Abacus? Pre-abacus. <laughs> so, right. so what I had to do so was just to learn actually... every single bet yeah. and to convert every single um, um, price into a decimal, which I, I tried the other day. Well, not the other day. I tried it today. Like, I looked at some like typical horse racing odds and I mm-hmm. can convert them into decimals in my head. I then had to do the maths of... So if a person had four horses in a bet and they all won at all these prices, you convert all the prices into decimals and then you times, you know, the decimals by each other. And you're basically doing this on paper and pencil. So, but it was very much, it was smoky atmosphere. It was totally male. It was very, Mm. you know, don't tell the missus sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, there was a, yeah, it was frowned upon. So it was underground. There was, there was, so... I'd come from a relatively middle class, relatively conservative thing, but the normalization of gambling had led me to almost engage with that because mm. I was good at maths. It was almost mm. that was the primary concern. I was earning some money, I was good at maths. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me is that you see so many things now. I sent something through to you from the side of the bus about how many teenagers have gambling yeah. problems. That number was way in excess of the whole population with gambling problems in 1976. This is just 12 to 16-year-olds now well, is more than the whole of the country in the 70s. Good God. Because gambling problem was like, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. Yeah, but it wasn't thrown down kids throats was it or no. you know that it because they, they weren't allowed in apart from the naughty yeah. ones like <laughs> yeah. you you know but that but that at least kept but we've also had and we have now a culture of things like and this this is and i know i'm going to be like a reformed smoker we call them amusements so you have a machine mm-hmm. and the machine yeah. in the corner of fruit machines it has a tiny little figure and that's the percentage it pays out which is like say 84 percent. so basically what it's saying is if you put 100 pounds into me i will give you 84 pounds back now if that is what the message is that's why they are called amusement arcades because you can you're just there amusing yourself with some colored lights they're basically saying Mm -hmm. you will lose all your money yeah it's it's written into that's why they exist Mm. Um, but the number of times when you go to a seaside resort and give, you know, I've seen people like, here's a fiver, go and have some fun in the yeah, amusement yeah, yeah. and go and start gambling. Mm. And you're a kid of 12 and you've got a phone and you can you yeah, know, right, have a yeah. betting account. Yeah. This idea that, mm. that you can't, you know, that you have to show, um, 
you know, ID and stuff like this on the internet. It's such a naivety. You know, there's 12-year-old kids going around on these scooters and so say you need a driving license. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's a million. So what's happened, it's become normalised. So it's normalised in my family. Mm. It was never frowned upon. Because it's quite a, you know, it kind of went from a healthy, competitive, fun Mm. environment Mm. and almost kind of seamlessly went, you became an adult and, but carried that on and and applied real money. Yeah. Unless you were playing for real money when you were younger, you might have done Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Everything was for real money. Okay. We didn't play for matches. It was never tiddlywinks. (laughs) No, it was 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 money, always. It's like kind of, that makes total sense that there's almost, there's no, it's it's a a seamless transition, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. So, but what point back did you get to the point where you... I mean, it might be years, right? I don't know. I'm just trying to... I'm not saying when was the, the year you... You know, the, the addiction word was, was put to, to your kind of behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, I guess even when I was addicted... I mean, this it is... It sounds one, like... A, it sounds... You know, you could easily go... It's, it was a job. You're doing a job for a bit. But then, you know, again, the gradations of... And habit, how much of your day was then spent thinking about it or devoted to that one thing. Mm. And it's a bit difficult when some of those things are your job. Because yeah. it'd be all day, yeah, and, and I've, even I've, all I've, night. I've it's not for, like you work, you know, you're packing boxes, you know, of chuck ices during the day, yeah. and then go and do your, your your gambling at night. It was all the time. Wasn't I was in it? that environment. You couldn't bet in the shop, so in some ways, what I was doing is becoming immersed in a, in a culture, mm. and some of the opportunity was gone. I mean, you did you put a bet in, and all the managers had betting problems. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, long, long time down the line, and we're going now twenty five, no, not twenty five years, twenty years later. I was in uh, GA, Gambling Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, and I was sitting around and you do your whole, you know, my name is Mark and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, this guy opposite me, I, I always remember, he went, oh, I never knew your name. And I went, do I know you? <laughs> right. And he went, the manager of the Mecca on Baldwin Street. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I recognise you. Hi, mate. Another betting shop manager. Right. And he went, he went, the number of nights I, out I've had on you. And I've gone, what do you mean? And he'd go, you'd have a big win. And I'd always keep a 20 for myself. You never checked it. Oh, wow. And I got really like, oh, fucking hell, you've robbed me. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. that probably isn't the major problem with my addiction, that somebody had like, you know, yeah. kept a 20 for themselves. But it was quite an interesting, I think, introduction that... Yeah, you that, only kept a tenner for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then I was in the same situation when I was a bookie that I would, you know, Skim. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So I guess, did you, again, like there was a seamless transition from your childhood to your adulthood. Was there a a transition from, you know, uh, is it, I'll, I'll be careful with my words, but a, a healthy relationship with gambling and a non-healthy... I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that that transition is, is long and over a long period of time. Mm. But do you kind of look back and see where that... Was there any kind of points where you're going, hold on, that, that's things have changed shit's got a bit real now and it and i can't go back from it was when you look back on it was it just a kind of I think, a, a splurge of just no i think it was a stuff. gradual thing and then obviously we i mentioned my but student you, you've life. gone from like i was doing that too i was in i was in ga but there's oh there it, was bits in between it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't just like one day go i need to go get some you know it wasn't like the lights went on no you know i imagine there was a period of time where you probably thought that you know I've been in a couple of scrapes. I'm going to have to sort this. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean... And how many how yeah. many awkward, dire consequences do you have to get into before you go, fuck, I, I need to 
you know, you put your own hand up or someone goes, you've got to sort yourself out, mate, or you're going to... But this, so, this, so was this, it you or was it someone else that... that... Well, this is, the, this is the key thing. When we were saying beforehand about how we want to, you know, if we help just one person, mm. I think that is a key question what you've just asked because what happens is that there's an assimilation of that addiction into your life. So it doesn't, be, it doesn't seem as like, I have my life mm. and then I have this dodgy underworld bit. It doesn't because yeah. it becomes part of your life. So it yeah. becomes, you know, you're in the pub before going to football. Should we go and put a few quid on? Yeah. On it, the match. It's the fabric and go, of your And I go, yeah, I'll go and put it in. So I take a fiver off everyone, even put those bets on, but I'm, I'm putting 200 of my own on a horse while yeah. I'm waiting for And no the, one's the going, to we go should through. keep, he's done it every week. We shouldn't keep asking him. Yeah. People just go, yeah. it's, it's okay until it's not okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think what happened was that the, the normalization in my early life was that gambling was part of my life. And then what happens, I think, with the addiction is, I think with most addictions, sweeping generalization, but you're constantly trying to escape the realization that you have a massive problem. Mm. And I was saying to you, mm. on a smaller level, it has happened with clients who we will talk about certain things, whether it was mm. eating or drinking or smoking, putting on weight, whatever. And that you suddenly get to the point where, where someone's relaying something to you and you're going, this isn't the odd glass of wine because you're talking about... Is this where, you, where you'd normally, before that, you would rewrite your own history? The kind of, you know, the, the reality distortion that... Go back to Steve Jobs, read the Steve, Steve yes. Jobs, but he will... The reality, he will rewrite his history or even his, his, his present. Yes. For it, for the world around him to fit his narrative. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? That there is probably a time where people will create a false narrative mm. because they, they feel instinctively that it, it's wrong or not the path they should be on. And yes. then there is a time and this is all the, the kind of timeline stuff, isn't it? You also this doesn't stuff. happen overnight. It, this is stuff that just yeah. kind of drips yeah. away, drips away the habit stuff we're talking about. And yeah. then, and you get to the point where you, you can't, you kind of cash a check you can't afford and it catches up with you and you go, I can't, I can't rewrite my history anymore. I can't. But the rewriting, create, yeah, the rewriting of history is a perfect one. And this is, this is a key one. And this has happened with a number of people I've worked with that we will have accountability or we'll have a contract. I want to get on top of my drinking. I am only going to drink at weekends. And people mm. tell me that and I go define your weekend. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it does start on a Thursday. Yeah. So Thursday to, oh, to Sunday. Day, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, pay, yeah. That's that's four days. That isn't a weekend. My understanding of weekend is right. So like I then yeah. say, tell me the days when you are not going to drink. Where are your gaps? When are your when when is your the thing you're trying to day. stop? Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at what happens on the rest day. And I can remember many years ago I had a client and we agreed the weekend was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm allowed to drink, but I will not drink on any other day. And week after week, how is it doing? Fine. How is it doing? Fine. And then one day, um, I was talking to this client and we said, um, I said, how's it going? And they said, yeah, fine. She said, I kept to what I was going to do. I had half a bottle of wine, put it away. I felt really proud of myself. And I said, well done. And I said, when was this? And she said, oh, on the Sunday. And I went, oh, what happened to the wine? And she went, well, I finished it off on Monday. <laughs> and suddenly 
the light bulb to me was going that 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 when you're saying about rewriting history mm. that that had been expunged from her mind i've yeah. done what mark has said i've mm. just drunk on these days but i haven't drunk a full bottle yeah it's i ain't gonna it's pull re- it away reframe reality yeah yeah you know, and suddenly you the can, weekend you is... can do you can definitely do that unconsciously yes. probably more so than you probably any of us ever think yeah until it you kind of have that self-realization or someone goes oi yeah so, yeah. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have someone who's looking at looking out for you. Yeah. And it's very hard to look after yourself in those situations and admit to that. Um, so can you remember that bit, that bit where you, where it became... Mine was basically as a student. So I, I fell out of traditional behaviour for a student. For, yeah. So for four years in Sheffield, I, I didn't really study at all. Mm. Um and gambling was a big part of my day to day, but I had very little money. So then I got a job in a bookies, <laughs> mm. earned more money to gamble. And then that wasn't enough. So I got a job in an amusement arcade and not necessarily my proudest moment, but one of the friends of my dad um, fitted pacemakers. And in those days, for some reason, I don't even understand this. He had this giant mag- magnet that he gave me one once. <laughs> and because they were mechanical days, I was able on the fruit machine. I was able to pull down the fruit machines to get jackpots. So when there was no one in, and I was You'd working, on the side and move the mechanism. Yeah, right? Move the mechanism. Yeah. Well. Um, and so yeah, and so then that you know that's the situation. That's the situation where you you get off a coach having been somewhere at ten o'clock at night, and you know mm. where you can find a fish and chip shop with two fruit machines yeah and that's that's when it becomes way above habits it becomes that you're you're looking for your next hit Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to go buy and fish and chips i'll go and buy fish and chips because i'm hungry no you're almost building up a database aren't you yeah of of, of cheats and hacks yeah and you know quick wins and yeah you know or efficiencies yeah and also it's hidden and it's the people in there see me spending a couple of quid on a fruit machine but they don't know Mm. that when i got the train if it wasn't a coach, I would stop off at Crew because there was a cafe there that had a fruit machine. So I, because I never used to pay for rail tickets. I always, I never paid for rail tickets. I would always like jump, you know, find ways to get on the station Mm. or jump off if they were looking for tickets and stuff. So the money I saved then, you know, would be on a a cafe on a train station. So, yeah, that's, but even then it was like, no, I've just gone for some fish and chips and I put a couple of quid in. It's not really a problem, but yeah. I've been doing it every shop along we, the way. We talked about habit stacking can be hugely positive and beneficial in your life. Yeah. The small, those small incremental things that build up, you know, really positive. Yeah. yeah. Your habit stacking there. Yes. To, to, to the degree, the opposite degree. Of, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm putting gambling onto getting but, a but meal or having a coffee. Yeah. Or, I mean, yes. you think the, the power of turning that into positivity is uh-huh. huge because there's a the hell of a lot of habit stacking in there, isn't there? Yeah. An yeah. effort, an obsession about, yeah. um, it's quite impressive when you think, you know, not impressive for, for it to be healthy, but mm. that kind of, so the database and the, how you map stuff and but it's also when you look I mean, back, that's, that's, you know you think if only i could you, you know like like a like mega mind you could have used <laughs> mega mind so so good in the end and he kind of turned all his his kind of evil genius to kind of put to <laughs> puts it to a positive use you think do you ever think like what if i kind of spun that round and you know don't know do you ever think about that well no it's the, if you'd used that kind of obsessive nature and that kind of you know clever use of numbers and mathematics and 
if I become an an investor (laughs) rather than a gambler, because they're two separate things. Because at the same time as I was doing this, I was buying gold from South Africa at the same time that I was feeding a fruit machine in a fish and chip shop. So that there was, I I was bordering on an addiction that was a healthy addiction. I was doing loads of research about yeah, the price of gold. I bought something called a Cougarand. That's when you to... bought sil- silver as well at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I still got all that. But the Cougarand I used to have in my wash bag, it was like a lump of gold. I would buy an ounce of gold <laughs> and keep it in my wash bag. in the garden or something. <laughs> yeah, if I go in the next few just years... Just tell me, tell, me, tell me where it is. Go for the wash bag. <laughs> That's um, how we can get more listeners. We can kind of reveal clues as to where you've left all your gold oh it's one of those treasure show things isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah and people have to keep tuning in um i'm aware of time are you it's unlikely i do this but i reckon i don't know whether this becomes two parts <laughs> because it's yeah i was trying to kind of keep it on the straight and narrow but it's felt there's uh, a lot there there is um we probably haven't got we were kind of trying to work, obviously cover the kind of gradations of things but i think mm. we'll probably cover that to a bit I and mean, we can always like anything we can always cover it more mm. Um, and also the takeaways about how you can kind of either, I think, kind of spot these kind of traits, you know, kind of character traits mm-hmm. and habits that, mm-hmm. that... Are you saying for other people to spot Yeah, I think that was kind of, yeah, yeah I mean, that, this, is, this big... is, yeah, it is a big one, but I think, I think we can carry on, certainly carry on talking about it in a, okay. in a do a, in another episode. Cause I think maybe listen back to this, we might go, actually, if we pull these out and go, you know, we mm. might better expound on it a little, a little bit more. Um, can I just can I just pick up what you've just yeah. said because I don't want to lose this because yeah, yeah. we, we've done this a couple of times today and we're just sort of grabbing something because there's <laughs> yeah, so much yeah. there. Um, one of the things that I've become more and more aware of is that going back to my borderline mm. is that I think I think my mental health is probably harder for other people than it is for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of not knowing what's going to happen when I walk in the door, about not knowing about my decision-making process, about not knowing the truth about what I'm thinking, not knowing a whole host of things that that they have to contend with. And like at the beginning, when I talk about, I'm not doing it for the pod. I have thoughts about that we're all holograms and about simulation, and I won't have that the following day. And I'll also have thoughts about, 101 different things which I think are linked to my borderline but going if we use the addiction Mm. analogy or subject I'm more and more aware that the effects of how my mind works I can almost live with it because I've had 40 odd years of it none of it's a surprise to me Mm. but for other people it must be you know the whole walking on eggshells thing must be so debilitating in terms of like fuck what's what what am I going to what am I going to see next? What am I going to hear next? What am I going to have uh, to? Okay, because there's no consistency around it. There's this this, this around m- what? Sorry, what about my condition? Oh, okay, right. and it's the same that I'm. Mm. Why I'm alluding to this is my sister came up today, and as I said, we're doing stuff in the house, and she literally went, "I'm going to have to go because." I'm very, very tired. Yeah, from having spent three hours with you, like yeah. not in a disrespectful yeah, way, yeah. but. I'm drained yeah. because you've come up with thoughts, you've come up with theories, you've told me things that are happening in your life and yeah. it's like... And you, you know where she's coming from. Yeah. That, don't you? Yeah. You're not going, that's weird. And she doesn't <laughs> see me that often. So after three hours, it's, it's yeah. a big old ask. Yeah. And I think what I'm, 
what I'm trying to allude to, and this might be where we, we, we dig in for the next one, I just, this is why I wanted to post it, was that other people's awareness of your situation hmm. is probably a better barometer than your. Yeah. So mine is, I've got a bit of a <laughs> hectic life coming up over the next few days or the next few weeks, mm-hmm. but I'll be all right. And if X, Y, and Z happens and I'm suffering a bit, I can live with that Yeah. and whatever, because I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. But I think other people, and this is one of the things why I'm saying this, my sister said to me today, she said, do you not realize that decision like has a big effect on me? And I'm going, it's nothing to do with you. It's like my life. And she went like, no, 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 it does. And I think that's the thing with addiction. You can be in this yeah. cocoon of yeah. I'm doing this and someone can look at you and going, I don't think you've eaten today. Yeah. Or you have no money at all. Unless you live in a cave and don't live hundreds of miles from anyone, Mm. it's going to affect people. Mm. It has that kind of, you know, ecosystem about it. Mm. You know, isn't it? A kind of vortex. You either bring people in or you, Mm. you know, expel people out. You know, you cannot not, you can't not affect another soul if, if there are any way. We have networks and dynamics, don't we, in social. But I think people need to, be quite proactive in this if you have concerns and it isn't just gambling but it's it was like one of the key things was i can remember once saying the most the most dangerous time isn't when i have loads of money in my pockets it's when i have none yeah and you go you got loads of money in your pocket that's suspicious yeah when i have no money in my pocket that means i'm a rock bottom yeah. If I've got money in my pocket, it's probably because I haven't gambled that day. That's yeah. why I've got money. So that's almost like a better... It's a good way of putting it. You know, you talk about gradations, that's polar ends of a, mm. of a situation. There's there's lots of different things in between. You're not saying right in the middle of those two, mm. a little bit of money in your pocket is is, yeah. is making everything right. Either, I think it's it? when you pick up things when you're around someone. And it, I think I think being proactive and almost almost, even if you're going to offend somebody, I think starting off with, I'm just a little bit worried. Mm, or mm. can you put my mind at ease? I don't think, I think sometimes that's a hard conversation to have. It is, yeah. But it's almost like, is Again, everything okay? Yeah, not getting on your soapbox with it. Yeah. Not being judgmental. Yeah. Although, it, you know, I think there's an element of, you almost have to be to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to make a judgment Yeah. about someone's condition, or at least to bring it up. Mm. Um, but again, we talked about before, how, how, how well that is received by the other person. The yeah. other person has to be, um, that's what kind of I was in, maybe we can pick it up again, but the kind of the timelines and when the things you don't know about the moments you do know about it, whether that was yourself finding it out for whatever reason, because mm. lots of people can go through this thing and not have a, an ounce that it's affecting anyone else or even themselves. Yes. Or not even aware that anyone we, else We've kind realizes. of talked about that kind of blissful ignorance, haven't yes. we? Where it's, yeah. It would be lovely not to you know give two shits about yeah. <laughs> and just kind of sail yeah. through things. You know, you don't quite, you, just, you don't hit, hit any edges. You just kind of sail through don't know mm. any trauma mm. it's all just you know don't bother anyone no one bothers you yeah um but um so i think you know it's that point where, where you can if we can try and i don't even just explore where what points or triggers there can be for you to real the self-realization bit yeah that's not an instant thing none of this stuff is instant it could take you years to come to, to even come yeah realizing something come to terms with something is a mm-hmm. completely are completely different mm-hmm. things aren't they mm-hmm. and then it's the or wanting that, to do something about it and then equally the people around you realizing and coming to accept people mm. might realize and never be able to accept mm. and every every combination thereof it's complicated mm. isn't it yeah it is but i think i mean i saw i saw a, a, a statement today that that resonated with me and it said honest people welcome questions mm. 
And I thought that's really interesting. We've got the whole debate around COVID at the moment and it's like mm. things like don't question the science. And someone said, that's what science is about, constantly questioning. But I thought that bit about honest people welcome questions is right. I know I struggle. Yeah, people can go, did you sleep well last night? And I'll be jumping down their throat. It's like, what's it to do with you? And mm. I think that's that's the thing. If someone's got nothing to hide, they like, you know, people like being asked questions and asked about their welfare. But if you're lying, covering something up and someone questions you and you close them down, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. I think, an instant sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyone who's interested in the uh, RBPD specials, which there are three, um, can check them out. They are episodes 86. No, they're um, not. No, you're... 69, 17, 17. Oh, God, I'm so, I do apologise. That's okay. You can tell I've just been on them. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I was, I'm on the wrong page. Um, yes, Mark <laughs> quite rightly said. He said we're good, good with numbers. 69, 70, and 71. Their numbers are doing really good. The most, mm. my most popular things. Mm. Maybe our crowning glory. Yes. <laughs> it's our legacy <laughs> to the <Yeah>. world. <laughs> when the world is dust and they find a hard drive yeah. in a pile of rubble. <laughs> but what's this? Just three episodes left. Yeah. The only pod yeah, left. The carvings in Tutankhamun. A <laughs> couple of cockroaches in our episodes. Yeah. Um, right. That's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far. And thanks for listening. Remember, don't connect with us on the socials. Nothing nah. to see there. No, nah, keep it quiet. Uh, yeah, don't... <laughs> Don't search for I'm Finecast on the internets and uh, definitely, I mean, definitely don't email us at imfinecast at gmail.com because I'll be livid. Yeah, I haven't got time for no, that. No, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, so the next episode, as we'll all discuss, we'll, uh, we'll kick this on a little bit more. Uh, but um, in the We're meantime, addicted to addiction. Oh, Mark. Hey. Hey. You can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see you uh, shortly. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, see ya.